listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 21st of June 2022. Later, the share market rises for the first day in seven. Is it a sign of things to come? But first, to the Reserve Bank and the Governor says a rate rise of 25 or 50 basis points in July is likely not 75, not that supercharged interest rate of 75 basis points, the market like that. But he said that while interest rates are rising, a recession is not on the horizon. Not everyone agrees, though. I spoke earlier with the chief economist of Deutsche Bank, Phil O'Donoghue. Phil, will Australia fall into a recession and why? Look, I think there's increasingly uh, increasingly a good chance that that's going to happen. Um, I don't expect we're going to see one this year. Uh, my sense, though, is that 2023 could look a little bit different uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of the recessionary front. Um, we're expecting to see significant increases in the RBA cash rate through to the end of this year. Um, my sense is that that is going to take the level of the cash rate, take monetary policy into a contractionary stance, and a, a, a pretty likely consequence of that is going to be a higher unemployment rate. Uh, so I've actually got the unemployment rate about a one percentage point higher uh, by the end of next year than where I think we're going to end this year. Uh, and on my sense of a de- my uh, definition of a recession, I think that qualifies. Um, so I'm calling a, a 2023 recession for Australia. The RBA governor said today that he doesn't see a recession on the horizon. So what are you seeing that he isn't? Yeah, look, to be fair to the RBA governor, he doesn't really need to preempt his own rate hikes. Um, uh, my sense, though, as I said uh, before, my sense is that we're going to see uh, the RBA cash rate having to go significantly higher this year. Um, and that's going to be the, the catalyst for a recession next year. Uh, I think uh, the RBA governor's comments today were very much, um, uh, you know, he doesn't need to preempt. He needs to allow the data to tell him where the cash rate is going to go. Um, so he has, if you like, the luxury of not trying to preempt um, that potentially uh, contractionary stance of policy. But, but my sense is um, it's going to be difficult for the RBA to pull off uh, this very fine line between getting inflation down uh, without uh, uh, seeing a, a short term impact on the unemployment rate and uh, potentially a, a recession uh, next year. So, uh, like you mentioned, you're seeing some very steep rate hikes to come very quickly this year um, uh, to fight off inflation. So just how bad is inflation and what kind of a message does this send, the potential for rates to hit 3.1%, as you mentioned? Yeah, look, I think there's a couple of things going on here. First of all, this is really um, almost unprecedented in terms of the inflationary pressures we're seeing here in Australia Um, compared to anything we've seen in Australia or indeed globally uh, over the inflation targeting period. So this really is unprecedented territory for the RBA and for for central banks globally. Um, And that is exactly why I think we should brace for significantly higher interest rates. We learned in the 1970s the damaging cost to the economy of allowing inflation and inflation expectations in particular to become entrenched. We end up with wage price spirals. We end up with a structurally a much weaker economy uh, if inflation gets a hold. So this is why I'm calling for an aggressive response from the RBA. We've already seen the Federal Reserve hike by 75 basis points just last week. My sense is we're going to see something similar 
uh, from the RBA to contain those inflationary pressures, to get inflation back out of the system. Yes, potentially at the cost of a, of a short, uh, sharp recession. Um, but in the long run, the economy is better off with inflation back to target rather than sitting at 4 or 5% for, for years to come. So in that time, in that time of, a, of a, a short, sharp recession, as you mentioned, and in that period between when interest rates rise and then you're predicting interest rates will have to start falling at the back end of next year as a result, what will the consumer, what will the average person feel? Because at the same time, aren't they cashed up and, and those that have a mortgage, they're mostly ahead on their repayments? Yeah, look, that's exactly right. I mean, it, it, the reality is if you were looking to have a recession at some point uh, during the cycle, now is a pretty good time. Um, the household sector is sitting on at least $200 billion or thereabouts of uh, pent-up savings through the pandemic. Uh, my sense is, and I think Governor Lowe uh, shares a similar view, is that the, uh, the household sector is going to be pretty resilient in the face of higher household, uh, higher, higher uh, mortgage interest rates. Um, and, and so you're entirely right. Look, a, a rise in, in uh, unemployment, I've got a, a one percentage point rise in the unemployment rate. That is from a 50-year low of th- just, just below 4% to, you know, around sort of 4 and 3 quarter percent. Historically, that is still a very low unemployment rate. Um, we know that wages growth is very strong. My sense is the household sector is going to prove quite resilient to um, – uh, uh, to increases in interest rates, even if we do see a, a rise in unemployment next year. Phil O'Donoghue there, the Chief Economist at Deutsche Bank. To the Australian share market now, which rose today, the S&P ASX 200 up by 1.4% to 6,523. Market watchers really like those comments from the RBA Governor because he effectively ruled out a larger-than-expected interest rate hike in July. For more, I spoke earlier with Deep Data Analytics founder, Nathan Somersandaram. So, Nathan, the market's really bouncing back today. Why? Well, it's fallen for seven days in a row, so you've got to have a relief bounce. Um, the macro isn't anything positive. I think uh, we've had an update from RBA, which basically confirms rates are going to go even higher. Uh, we've had updates out of China that's still negative. They didn't really cut rates. And the commodities over the last couple of days have been falling over quite a bit especially leading with steel. So that's flowing into our coal market and iron ore markets. So there's a fair amount of negativity, but in reality, there was a fair bit of pessimism priced in. So we're getting that bounce. So, so you said relief rally, is that all it is or is this a potential turning point? Yeah, I don't think it's a turning point. Uh, what people forget is over the last 10, 10 to 15 years, the only time the market bounces back is when central banks come out and throw stimulus at it. And we've had insane amount of stimulus in the last couple of years. So the reality at the moment is we have a global economy that's potentially facing recession in multiple areas, um, but the rates are going up. No one's actually putting more stimulus in. And the only countries that, well, Japan is the only one that's continuing stimulus. Uh, their currency is collapsing. So reality is problems are everywhere. Um, no one's really going for the stimulus pump because they can't, inflation is too high. So in this context, I think it's such a unique situation uh, where the solution that we've always relied on over the last 10 to 15 years is just not going to be there. So if we look at some of the specific sectors, right, that are related or connected to interest rates, the banks, you know, when rates rise, it's good and bad for the banks. But, but we, you know, which way is the pendulum swinging more to which side? 
Yeah, I think initially people look at historical trend and a rising uh, yield is actually positive for the banks because that means they can charge you more money. Uh, but the reality is the banks have divested their model, so they're purely a mortgage player. And banks have gone through the last couple of years a decent upgrade cycle by cutting back on their bad debt provisions. Now what's going to happen is you've got rates going up a lot faster than what people thought. And you know you get into a situation where mortgage demand will start to decline. And I think you're going to start to see bad debts coming back. So the banks will start to have to ramp up their bad debt provisions again. So what worked for them on a positive side over the last couple of years is now going to be negative. So the banks will get into trouble. Most of the forecast at the moment with banks, how much dividends they're going to be paying, that's not going to last. I suspect all those dividends will be cut back in the next couple of years. So banks will get into a tougher cycle. You know, most of the banks haven't gone anywhere anywhere in the last 12 months. And I suspect if you look at the share price, they're starting to break down. And I think we're going to be in a next probably six to 12 months that's going to be in a decline. On the flip side, though, those doing well, we're seeing this, um, um, I don't know if you would call it, would you call it a global food shortage? Is there anyone to benefit from this? Well, if you're making food, you are. It is the classic global hunger games. Uh, You've got food shortages hitting everywhere. Um, You've got weather disturbing the supply chains. Then you've got uh, numerous major food producers in Ukraine and Russia in sanctions and war. Um, that's really t- tightened up the supply side of things. And then you've got transport logistics, which is making it harder to travel as well. And India is having weather issues that's affecting supply. So I think the food thematic will play out for years to come. So I don't think food prices are coming back anytime soon. And history tells you things like food, energy, major uh, staples, prices do not come back unless you have a recession cycle. So if people are telling you that there is no recession cycle, well, that means inflation is going to remain elevated for a long time. So if you're a food producer, you're going to be doing okay. And the other sector that's been doing okay today is oil. Oil's bounced back. Um, what's your take on that? And and on the same on the same side, I mean, it's resources, not necessarily oil. BHP's been thumped lately. It's back up today, entered a bear market. What's your thought on those themes? Yeah, we. We expected commodities to come off. Uh, We expected China to move on the commodities. Uh, It's taken a bit longer, but I think it's happening now. Um, Iron ore has held up a lot better than I thought, given the weakness we've seen in concrete numbers as well as in steel numbers. So it's now playing catch up. So we've seen um, iron ore and coal come back hard with steel outlook. I don't think that's finished. I think there's much more to go in that uh, commodity play. So I expect BHP is going to struggle. But if you look at the energy side of things, I think it's it's a weird one because we haven't put much capex into the energy sector for a number of years. So the supply side is disrupted. I mean, if you look at coal, for example, no one's going to add a new coal mine, but everyone's shutting down new, you know, more and more coal mines. So the supply is getting more and more disrupted. You've got a war that's restricting energy. A lot of people in Europe are now talking about opening up their coal fire power plants. So in that context, there'll be more demand for coal. LNG will remain relatively supported as long as the manufacturing cycle in Asia plays up. LNG will remain there. And then you've got oil. As economies open up, you're going to have demand for oil. And, you know, you've got to love a cartel that continues to talk about expanding supply, but always uh, behind the curve on supply. So I don't see oil prices struggling. And, you know, when you've got that kind of energy supply, then people are starting to talk about uranium because when you start to talk about 
you know, stable supply of energy in large scale, well, everything is in play now. So I think over the next couple of years, energy prices will remain relatively elevated. Nathan Somersandaram there from Deep Data Analytics. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music